0: How the Global Consciousness Project Captures Human Emotions with Dr. Roland McCrattie. Join us for this enlightening conversation with Dr. Roland McCrattie as we explore the mission of the Global Consciousness Project. This initiative utilizes a global network of electronic devices to record and quantify human emotions and attention precisely. The ultimate goal? To elevate global human consciousness. By first understanding where we are currently standing, we can map our journey towards higher levels of awareness and interconnectedness. Tune in to learn more about how technology is helping us comprehend and enhance human consciousness. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share with you a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Dr. Roland McCratty is the director of the HeartMath Research Center at the HeartMath Institute. His work as a psychopsychologist focuses on the psychology of emotion, heart-brain communication, and global interconnectivity between humans and Earth's energy systems. His research findings have been used to create tools and technology to improve health, performance, and life quality. He has led numerous studies on the impact of emotions on heart-brain interactions and various bodily functions and the benefits of positive emotion-focused interventions. He has appeared in many documentaries, including I Am, The Power of the Heart, and The Living Matrix. I am so pleased and honored to welcome Roland.
1: Hi, April. Great to be here.
0: It is lovely to have you here to share all of the works that you're doing. It is so incredible and inspiring. So let's get started by sharing with the audience outside of that incredible biography a little bit more about you.
1: I'm not sure where to start. Um, As you said, I'm a psychophysiologist and uh, director of research here at the HeartMath Institute. And so I've been doing this for a little over 30 years, uh, the research we're doing here, which spans... Which started uh, looking at the physiology, the psychophysiology of uh, how emotions uh, affect our body, and and vice versa, how what's going on in our body affects our emotional experience. And we were a little unique uh, in the early '90s to start looking at not just stressful emotions, you know, anxiety and and, and uh, impatience and these types of things, but also what happens when we we feel things like love and compassion and forgiveness. Uh, so that kind of got us started and that expanded in many different directions over the years.
0: Well, I think that you're right. It's incredible. We have these vast range of emotions as human beings, don't we? we do. And learning how to measure those emotions is one thing. What was some of the things that really excited you the most when you started learning about all of this this range of motions but mostly when it came to love
1: the well okay so back in those days uh just to help the audience uh, understand uh, how pioneering in a way some of our early work was there were maybe three studies in all of the scientific literature that where people had actually studied what happens physiologically or in our body when we are feeling love or compassion or forgiveness these types of emotions thousands on depression and anxiety and these types of things. But nobody had really um, investigated it. So we um, focused there as well as stressful emotions as well, of course. And what we found, uh, I'm just going to have to highlight things here, April, but one is that the most reflective signal from the body that that accurately reflected what a person is feeling is actually the rhythm of the heart. It's what's called heart rate variability, the patterns in it. But more importantly, what we found was that when we are having those heartfelt feelings of positive emotions, love, compassion, forgiveness, these types of things, that our physiological systems switch into a completely different mode that we now call coherence or heart coherence. That 500 plus studies now, independent studies that have taken our work, have found that that's really the optimal state for our health, our well-being. Making better choices, uh, clearing the mental fog, lowering blood pressure, improved hormonal balance, and, and the list goes on, on and on.
0: Wow! So, what you're saying is, when we go into those higher vibrations, uh, the feelings of love, compassion, etc., it is a healing and optimal state yeah. as a human being, which makes sense, then, right? But what are some of the ways, now I know that you do a lot of measuring with that. What are some of the ways that you have found where people can enter into that state easily?
1: Yeah, great question. Once we understood the science and the physiology, then we were able to develop what's now become the heart math system, right? But uh, user-friendly science-based tools or techniques that people can use right in the moment to make that shift. In from an incoherent state to a coherent state, and I think that's one of the th- one of the things that makes heart math unique is it's really in the moment. Uh, I, I like traffic jam examples because most of us can relate to them. Yeah, uh, there we are, Congrats. right? We're, we're cruising down the road. We're hitting the traffic lights green. You know, everything's good. It's easy to kind of be in a flow state and everything's cool. But then we hit the traffic jam, and we're late. What do we do then? Most of us impatience. Maybe frustration, which we know just shifts our system into that incoherent state, starts flooding the system with stress hormones, doesn't make the traffic move any faster, right? So it's become more aware of those emotions and feelings we're having, like in that traffic jam moment. Then we can use one of these techniques right then and there to shift into coherence, save all that wear and tear that we're doing on the body and actually increase and enhance our cognitive and mental functions and um, have a very different outcome. So traffic jams literally and figuratively. It could be dealing with a difficult person or a customer. Um, I mean, the list goes on, email, right? Those in the moment reactions we have um, that we, we learn to become more aware of and more intelligent in how we respond to them. So we start to become more in charge away of our emotional diet.
0: Well, and it's fascinating how quickly, uh, you know, the the human body responds to the mind based on those feelings and emotions that we're experiencing. It's just fascinating how rapid it is. It's it, it's instantaneous, right? And it, you talked about how it is. It's something that we go into, and it's this high stress moment that we we want to. Bring back into, but first it it begins with awareness. And so, having the understanding that this is what's happening, uh, first having that awareness, then we are able to actually utilize the tools that we're being given. I feel really fortunate coming from my background in law enforcement that I was first taught how to respond to a very, very serious life or death situation by calming down. And it's, you know, having to calm down the body and the system Mm -hmm. in order. To function, but it wasn't without the awareness of what the body is doing and how it's responding with those very high stress because then our motor functions don't work. And it's even worse if we're driving a vehicle, right? This death contraption. And so having the understanding uh, is is really important, that awareness piece. Yeah,
1: yeah you're, you're right. And uh, coherence is a little bit more than just calming down. Um, in fact, I, I forgot that you have a, a background in law enforcement because we work a lot in first responder law enforcement, military communities of really helping uh, officers and uh, people be able to maintain their composure in the middle of the chaos. And that's it's really kind of how I would, would talk to, to most law enforcement officers of what this is about when we shift into coherence. So. Calming down, is, yes, that's important. We need to be able to stay balanced and centered, composed. But coherence is more than just chilling out. It's actually um, a synchronized, when you go into this heart coherent state, it really means that we're synchronizing the activity in our brain and nervous system. And that's critical for high performance, being able to, have the, to be in sync internally. So you can be, calming down usually means trying to lower our heart rate but there are a lot of situations, April, where you need a high heart rate. You know, you got to take care of business, but we can be in sync and coherent at any kind of, at any heart rate with practice, low or high. Whereas calming down, even though you want to calm down the emotions, yes, um, is a little bit different than just a a calm or or a chilled chilled out state, if that makes any sense.
0: It makes a lot of sense. And you're right, that heart rate does have to be up in order so we can continue to respond if we need to fight or flight right mm-hmm. we still have to have that and so really being able to to bring that coherent state is what you're talking about now what are some what's an easy idea of that or a trick or how do you bring somebody into that coherence yeah. and it's the heart and brain coherence correct
1: yeah, yeah heart brain getting the heart and brain in sync Um, Well, before I go there, and I'll I'll do that as one of the things we were talking about stress, April, that most people don't think about it, but stress is always an emotion. It's the feelings of frustration, anxiety, overwhelm, don't have enough time, the list, right? And that's just what we call stress. You're stressing me out while you're not doing what I want you to do. And that's frustrating me, right? Or these types of things. Or life isn't going the way I think it should you know, and the frustration we have around that. So the stuff out there in the world is always going to happen. It's how we respond to it that that's that matters. And the reason that I, I wanted to just cover that a little bit more is to, to understand in terms of our, our health, our wellness, our aging process, it's emotions that run the show. And that's really easy to show you that here in the laboratory, uh, in, our, in our labs. I mean, we can have you wired up to you know, brain waves and blood pressure and heartbeat, ECGs and hormone flows, all these types of things, and stress you out mentally, you know, have you thinking about things, this and that. Yeah. And of course, you measure some changes, but they're really small compared to when you trigger an emotion. Then big changes happen in our body, in our blood pressure, our hormonal flows, the activity in our brain and nervous system, our, our heart rate, and these types of things. So it's really the emotions that are the key to really improving our our health and wellness, and our ability to think clearly in the moment. Um, So that's why we focus so much on becoming more aware of what's going on under the radar, for most people of those emotions, and then learning how to self-regulate them. Mm. And so the key, first step, and there's more than one step, uh, but you'll, I'm sure you've been taught a breathing technique. But breathing, because breathing is something we have conscious control of. I can choose to breathe slower and deeper. And that mo- actually modulates the rhythm of the heart, which sends, sends a different signal to the brain. Right. So it, it, the key now is remembering when you're feeling that stress or that trigger to take a few deep breaths. Now, but there's a trick here because we the body has a natural what we call resonant frequency. Where, we opt, where the heart rhythm goes into this beautiful sine wave or rolling hill pattern that we call coherence that reflects the the resonant frequency between the heart, brain, and lungs. And for most people, that's going to be around a six, a 10-second rhythm. So we want to breathe somewhere between around four, five to six seconds on the in-breath and the same on the out-breath. So say five seconds in, five seconds out to get started. Now we're breathing at the same rhythm as our internal resonant frequency for, for the majority of people. So that's a, uh, a way to start quickly shifting the system into this optimal state of coherence. And then uh, next step, after you get the breathing rhythm down, is to breathe. pretend you're breathing a feeling of, say, inner stillness or calm or appreciation, depending upon the context. So that brings in now a type of coherence more into the hormonal and other systems in our body. Um, So the techniques themselves are really simple. We've made them simple purposely. So when we teach these everything from kindergarten kids to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies to generals in the military and uh, just different contexts around them, but we're all wired the same physiology. So it's really starting to understand that. And the hardest part for most people is remembering to do it. Because once we get triggered there in, the goes, moment. in the moment, the frustration, the fear, the, you know, whatever it is, that literally takes the frontal part of our brain, frontal cortex, offline, right? Where we self regulate from, where we understand what's called force. Well, foresight's the term for it, where we understand how our actions and behaviors in the now are going to affect the future. Not yeah. a good idea to hit the boss if you want to keep your job. Right? <laughs> Or
0: uh, right. charge,
1: charge impulse purchases on your credit card if you're on a budget. These types of things. Yeah, so that's that's why stress makes us do stupid things.
0: It does. It, that's why it, we it, have. Crime of passion and then the heat of the moment, because you're right. We very much are are so reactive Mm -hmm. in those feelings and emotions. And again, going back to that awareness of knowing that stress is an emotion, that it all is tied to the emotions and the choice of how we're going to respond because of that you know, as we're so complex as human beings, we do experience this, again, a range and variety mm-hmm. of emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, having, we're also these incredible beings that we get the choice to respond in whatever way we choose to do mm-hmm. so. So oh. I love that you bring in the, the breathing techniques and, you know, all of those simple things and techniques that we can do uh, regardless of the audience that it's spoken to.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, so it's uh, just knowing to breathe at the right rhythm that takes us into coherence. So there's a lot of breathing techniques, and frankly, a lot of them take you out of coherence, out of that optimal state. But any breathing technique's good because it helps us interrupt and self-regulate a reaction. But mm-hmm. a more advanced technique is like breathing at our resonant frequency, and then adding the emotional shift along with that breathing.
0: So Roland, that's what I find is fascinating, wonderful about your work. You've spent years and years uh, testing, researching. You now have the understanding that there are certain techniques that work better that bring you into the coherent state. And, you know, because of that, it really is able to bring um, that information to the general public of this is how we can really live optimally and perform at our greatest. And so per your research, I know you have many, many years of doing so, but we're, what was one of the biggest aha moments for you as you were doing the measurements for the emotions and the coherency? Yeah.
1: Well, to, I have a long list to choose from there. Um, there's, there's been a lot of ahas. And uh, just uh, my let me start this by saying my original career was a communication engineer. Uh, I used to work for Motorola actually with law enforcement radio systems and big communication systems. I was a systems Thank engineer. you for
0: that. That saved you're a lot of life. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, the um, where where I, uh, why did I share that? Let's see. Um, I forgot where I was going. But oh, I know what it is. One of the discoveries we kind of uh, kind of backed into, not necessarily trying to go there, but discovered, was that when let me start this April by saying when we put electrodes on the body to measure the electrocardiogram, we put electrodes across the chest to measure the heartbeat or the head to measure brain waves. It's called the electrocardiogram if we're measuring the heart, because we're measuring electricity, literally. It's the flow of current. But whenever you have a flow of electrical current, you create a magnetic field. I mean, this is physics 101. Now, in communications, we use um, these fields to carry information all the time. It's how our cell phones work, you know, or your radio in your car. It's a, a, a way, a magnetic electromagnetic wave that's carrying the information. But it's the magnetic part that goes through things. This is why cell phones work indoors. So when we put electrodes on the body, we're measuring the current flow, not the magnetic wave. You need a, ma- a different device called a magnetometer to measure that. But being like that like magnetic components go through things. What we, we now know is that the heart, the field of the heart, is by far the largest field produced in the body. And it radiates external out into the space around us. Now, how do I know that? Well, I can measure it. I can put a probe out here in front of you or anyone. Called a magnetometer and measure that field. Now, this is where my communication engineering days came in handy, because using exactly the same techniques we would use to demodulate or look at the information being carried by the radio wave, if you're talking on your police radio or your cell phone, right, you can apply those to the field of the heart. And guess what we found? It's carrying information about our emotional state. <laughs> so what I'm saying is
0: that's so cool.
1: What we feel internally doesn't stop at the skin. We are broadcasting it into the fields around us. Yeah. No matter what our face looks like, right? You know, mm-hmm. put on the plastic smile, right? Yeah. But if you're really feeling anxiety or fear, and then we we teach this a lot in law enforcement,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because what the officer's state is is affecting the person that you're interacting with, right? in ways that can be healthy or non-healthy depending upon the context, of course. So the next step in that research as you asked one of the things that was an aha, right? Was that not only are we broadcasting, but our nervous systems are antennas that are exquisitely tuned to the other biologically generated fields. So we're receiving the information from others in a measurable way. It has a measurable effect on us and our physiology. So there's an energetic communication that's always going on between people or in groups. Now, of course, body language, tone of voice, the look on our face all communicates emotional information, but there's just as an important, subtle, usually unconscious communication that's going on between people that oftentimes has more impact than what we say and, and uh, we
0: the tone do. of our voice. Yeah. Yeah. And Yes, and that certainly is one of the biggest aha because you you see that we are carrying this information that it's being spread, that it's being received, mm-hmm. and that which we cannot see is so much more intense and powerful than like you described what we're saying and our 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 verbal communications and our physical communications mm-hmm. to one another. That because we're energetic beings, this information is being broadcasted out and we're receiving it as well. I think a good example of that would be that when you walk into a room and you just Mm -hmm. sense an energy, right? You yeah. you get a feeling, or either you st- your mood starts to in enliven and and become mm. light and wonderful, or it's the opposite, right? Mm. And you start to feel down or or dark mm. or or just heavy. Heavy,
1: yeah, right.
0: So it's a beautiful way of being able to show that, and for to be the person. To see that and learn that and measure it, and um, how did that make you feel?
1: Oh, me! Oh, I, oh that's one of many things. Oh, I, I love my job, let's put it <laughs> that way, and I, I love the the freedom we have as a nonprofit research institute to explore things like this that you just wouldn't see in most academic circles, you know, or, or research labs that uh, these kinds yeah. of things. Um, and it's it's so important, um, in a I kind of came into this work in the early years as a, as a background as a communication engineer not being not knowing what shouldn't work right so we tried things that others probably wouldn't because that's just not supposed to happen but nobody had ever tried it before so we were able to discover some of these types of uh, um, new discoveries that really explain what we all commonly experience like you were just saying you know, and we have sayings in our, our language. The, the tension was so thick in the room you could have cut it with a knife. Or, God, it felt uplifting to be with them in that you know at that yeah. place, that event. These types of things. Um, so it's nice to be able to put science to what we already know.
0: It is. It's it's a beautiful day and age. I'm so I feel very blessed to be here to share that. I think that it is the best way to to enlighten each other is by being able to show this evidence of, mm-hmm. right? I mean, people right. are drawn to that. They want to see the proof and the evidence. And so that's exactly what you help bring to us. That said, we're going to go into a commercial. And when we come back, let's talk about the new and greatest product that you're bringing worldwide. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Live In visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey get exclusive access to our wellness driven life show guest portal where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities it's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right. A free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back here with Roland. And Roland, you are just so inspiring with all the work that you're doing and providing to us to help raise human consciousness That said, you have this awesome project that you are engulfing upon over many years now. Let's talk a little bit about that. What is the Global Consciousness Project?
1: Okay, Uh, Great. Okay, so we were just talking about how we radiate fields into the environment. It affects others, right? So the Global Consciousness Project 2.0 is taking that to the global level. So the... This is um, a little background here. This is under a project we started, the umbrella of a project called the Global Coherence Initiative, uh, which is a project that really looks at the communication between individuals globally and, and with the Earth itself. Now, it's part of the, uh, that project. We've, we've installed magnetometer sites all around the Earth that measure the resonant frequencies in the magnetic fields we all live in, the, the Earth's magnetic field, the resonant frequencies, the vibrating fields that, that are, as it turns out, are the same rhythms and frequencies as our phys- fundamental physiological rhythms, the rhythms of the heart and the rhythms of the brain, for example. And one of the hypotheses, I'll call it, uh, although we have more and more evidence for this, is that because the vibrations in the fields we live in are the same as our physiology through resonance. Like a lot of you might remember tuning forks through the same frequency you tap one and the other starts to vibrate with it, uh, where you transfer that energy and information between two vibrating systems that, that have the same frequency. You can have information flow. Well, beings, the rhythms of the earth are the same as our brains and hearts, we're suggesting that not only are we affected by the, the rhythms in, in the earth's fields, which we clearly are hundreds of studies showing this, but that we also feed information into the field, just like we are feeding information into the heart field, being just the same frequency as the rhythms in the earth field, that can transfer information both ways. So it's kind of like a, a giant computer, if you will, of all of the emotions that we're feeding into it and, and from a human perspective.
0: So, Roland, you're saying that the just like we do that with each other, right? We talked we discussed and talked about how the information that we are emanating, projecting mm-hmm. based on our thoughts, feelings, emotions, right, mm-hmm. is is sharing that information with those around us, other human beings. And we're also taking that in from them. But not only that, this is happening with our our earth's energy right. and the the things around us. So this goes, to everything, really.
1: Yeah, right, all living systems. I, we, we could do a whole show just on this because there's multiple projects that are investigating this scientifically. But the newest uh, tool uh, in our toolbox that you're asking about called the Global Consciousness Project uh, 2.0, they, just a little history here. This was a project, GCP-1, as we now lovingly call, refer to it, was started probably about 27 years ago, a little over 25 years ago anyway, at Princeton University, by a guy named Roger, Dr. Roger Nilsson. And they were doing lots of research there to show how human consciousness, our thoughts, emotions, intentions, could could interact with and affect the physical world. And one of the devices that they were working with are called random number generators. Now, a random number generator, let's just simplify it. They sound kind of complicated, but what they are basically are electronic coin flippers. So we know if we flip a coin 100 times, on average, it's going to be 50 heads, 50 tails, pretty close. Uh, but although when you're doing that, if you've never done it, try it. You might get a whole lot of heads in a row or tails in a row or repeating sequences sometimes. So that happens, even though the average is going to be the same. So what they found was that a strong, especially strong emotions, somehow would interact with these physical devices and change their behavior. And so that grew to become the global uh, consciousness project, which was putting these devices all around the world and then having them feedback their information, their ones and zeros instead of heads and tails to a a central server that was time synchronized. And what they found was really uh, quite shocking and amazing. And that is when that an event, like a big media event, like the world, um, the attacks on the World Trade Centers, for example, but many types of events that draw people's attention and we cause us to feel something. Lots of people in humanity, uh, whether it's an organized Earth Day, you know, where a lot of people are meditating, or um, school shootings, these type of things that get a lot of attention. That it was interacting globally with these devices, even though they would be thousands of miles apart. So basically what they would do is start flipping ones at the same time or zeros in a, in a way that was past the normal expected random behavior.
0: So every living being on the planet was experiencing the similar emotion because it was such a great emotion of, of an event that happened to evoke that.
1: Well, maybe not every being on the, on earth, but because there are people that don't watch TV or know what's going mm-hmm. on, but... But enough that it created this wave in the what I think think of now as the consciousness field of humanity or of the planet that interacts with these devices. Now, um, the way we make random numbers. This is kind of an important link. is called quantum tunneling. It's a a true quantum process where you make an electron go through a barrier it doesn't want to go through, and it's called some some make it through. It's called quantum tunneling, and we basically measure the electrons that come out of that that barrier and use that to produce the ones or zeros instead of heads or tails. So it's um, um, this kind of implies that there's a quantum level interconnectivity between humanity, our hearts and brains and the the physical world. Now, hundreds and hundreds of events have been analyzed over the last 25 years. And the statistics on GCP one are well over a trillion, a trillion to one odds against chance that this is a real effect. It's, it's, I mean, these are unbelievable statistics. So this is real. Although we don't fully understand all the mechanisms of how it is human emotions do affect this global field, probably through a quantum type process, but we, we don't really know that yet, but we know it works, right? Now I got to tell you this, April, because my favorite study that Dr. Nelson did across these hundreds of events and they're, they're called formal events where they're pre-registered scientifically. You know, if this, is, this is the event we're going to look at and this is how we're going to do it and publish it, you know, whether it works or not and all this stuff. Hundreds, 500 of these events. So he went back through and rated them for the level of love and compassion that the events evoked, mm. right? So a global Earth Day or Peace Day would yeah. be higher love and compassion. In the medium category, he had things like Super Bowls, World Cups, a lot of emotion globally, but not necessarily a lot of love and compassion going on. And then the low category was the effect after like a terrorist attack or a school shooting that made a lot of media, these types of things. Guess what happened? Those in high love and compassion had a significantly greater effect on moving the dial, on affecting the global consciousness field than those in, in medium or low.
0: How cool is that?
1: It is so cool. It, it is is, so cool. It is
0: beyond cool, and it doesn't that just give you a, a more hope and positive aspect for us to you know really well, evolve at this higher state of consciousness. I, I, and
1: absolutely, and it, it's especially meaningful to me because if I go back to where we started this discussion, when we feel more love, more compassion, that organizes our physiology into a more coherent and organized state. More, in, we're more in sync we are measurably radiating a more coherent signal into the field environment, right? And that has a a greater impact on helping lift others into a a more optimal state, those around us. We know this, this has all been published and proven. So this is just taking it to a global level that when enough of us are really paying attention to what we're feeding that field, when we're feeding that field more love, more compassion, that it has an impact globally and in interacting with this network of devices.
0: Ah, It's so beautiful. You know, thank you so much, Roland, for sharing this information. It really is just adding on to, I think us as humans, we have to, it, it's more rare for us to be met with an idea that we accept it, right? That It's oftentimes that we have to, you know, be smacked a few times in order to really get it, in right. order for things to stick. And so, the more science that we bring to back this, the more proof and the more evidence that shows that yes, this really truly is creating a a more joyful, better reality for us. Then uh, it 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 brings us to a, an idea um, of wanting to respond in a different way because of that information. And so I wanna talk a little bit about how how does somebody engage in this project with you? Because I know that people can. Do you wanna shed a little light on yeah. that?
1: Well, okay, so let me just complete where I was. So um, GCP 2.0 is a completely new version of, of what GCP one was a much, much larger network. It's a lot easier to get involved as a citizen scientist and host one of these devices around the world. Now, importantly, one of the, the new, so there's a lot of new questions we'll be able to ask from this new version of GCP or GCP 2.0. A lot more devices make it a lot easier for people to participate. I won't go into all all the scientific reasons uh, here, But one of the important hypotheses that that we're able to ask from this new network is, as in GCP1 I was describing earlier, it's clear that the more people involved in in the immediate event, the bigger the effect size could be. But what we're suggesting here in GCP2 is that it's not just about the number of people. It's how coherent are they. Mm. So in other words, a much smaller group Of highly heart coherent people who are really say adding love and compassion intentionally into the field environment can have as large or maybe even larger effects than millions or hundreds of thousands of people who are just kind of triggered by a media event and some of our initial experiments are are saying this is true i've got some wonderful results Some you know much you know a thousand two thousand people uh, who are highly coherent being able to modulate the global field
0: that's powerful And what you're saying is handfuls of people who are intentional and they go into a coherent state can make a massive impact on our planet for others. So it doesn't mean that we all have to get on board because the truth is that's not the reality. That's not going to happen right away. Right. Right. But a great way to start and begin is those people who have enough knowledge and they are able to bring themselves to that state and be intentional with a few other people around them can have such a great impact to evoke change for all of us.
1: Indeed. Yeah. So to answer your question, there's multiple ways people can get involved Um, hosting one of the new devices. um, You can go to GCP two, number two.net. If you want to learn more about it, And the so these are uh, we want a thousand of these new devices that's been designed just for this new project around the world. If you're in the U.S., uh, the U.S. has filled up pretty quickly, except for New York and L.A., where we want to have what we call clusters of devices. So if you're in New York or L.A. area uh, or Alaska, um, there's still uh, opportunities to be a host. And then if you're international, anywhere outside of the United States, there's still a lot of opportunities to be one of the citizen scientists hosts. But if that's not um, something you're able to do or want to do, still get involved by participating energetically. Because we, we are already doing, we'll be doing many more experiments where it takes you, um, the public, um, as citizen scientists, to, to learn about coherence. Uh, we have a free app called the Global Coherence App that kind of goes along with this research where we can measure the community out there, the, the, um, that are, where you are and how coherent we are as a group together and then correlate that with changes in the global field environment. So um, and just get involved in terms of um, being more responsible for what we're feeding the field environment, because as enough of us come together, you know, kind of bringing sky to street, if you will, uh, to where in our in our local communities, our homes, our schools, our workplaces, even if no one else knows we're doing it, just being more responsible for what we're feeding our local field environment as enough people around the world are doing this collectively, it starts to increase the coherence in the global field, which then helps lift others uh, into their next state uh, of awareness.
0: Well, and Roland, you bring so much information, the HeartMath Institute, and we have it here, um, theheartmath.org www.heartmath.org has so many resources of learning how to do this yourself on your own time doing the research reading up and Roland you've been a part of so many documentaries where is a great place and i know there's many but where's a great place for people to start really learning some more about you know the the truth of what this is and and how they can learn more and activate it themselves.
1: Sure. Well, on our our website, there is a free video. Uh, It's it's more than a video. It's a film. It's very well done. It's about 90 minutes done in segments called the heart math experience that goes through a lot of the tools and techniques. Some of the very basic science Uh, would be a great place to start. Uh, There's also technologies that measure your level of heart coherence and and have some built in instruction on how to make that shift. Um, There's, um, the Global Coherence app, for example, is one of those. It's free from either the Apple or Google Play Store. Uh, there's also the uh, a new app coming out just called the HeartMath app. Um, so that's a subscription bottle on that one. And then there's uh, high-resolution sensors if you want to get those to go along with your experience to improve, pr- improve that as well that are kind of state-of-the-art uh, HRV, heart rate variability sensors that uh, can work with those apps. But the Global Coherence app. You don't have to have a sensor. It'll work with your phone's camera uh, as an entry point. You can actually, so anybody can get a, a free experience and see what this is like and, and practice the techniques.
0: That's so cool. There's just so much that's coming to the forefront for people to really learn. The, the knowledge is coming so quickly for us to have more awareness about all of this. Roland, your work is nothing short of incredible. And so I know that this Global Conscious Project is very um, keen for you right now. What other projects are you involved in that are, are really igniting your fire right now? Yeah.
1: Well, related to the, the kind of a global work is we also have a global tree project where we're monitoring the electrical rhythms and activity of trees, but also all around the world. Because uh, if, if we're right, what I'm saying is what we're feeding the field connects with the global field. And affects all living systems. So trees make a great living being. They don't. They stay put and don't run off and don't mind if we put some electrodes in them. So we're able to do that globally. Um, then there's the global coherence app that I mentioned, and and uh, between the magnet, the measuring the magnetic fields of the Earth and the, the new uh, GCP 2.0, it's a uh, what this is doing April is it's bringing together multiple global projects under one roof, um, so to speak. So we can start really looking at the way that we are truly interconnected and the way that the quality of our thoughts, our emotions, our consciousness uh, affects the world in ways that a lot of people probably have maybe heard of, thought about, but, you know, thought was more of a metaphor than how real it actually is. Um, so bringing a, and our, our hope, our hope really is, is that bringing awareness through rigorous science to these fundamental realities of our deep interconnection with each other and with the earth
0: yeah. will help
1: motivate others to take a deeper look, to start making more informed and intelligent choices um, and being more being more responsible for what we are feeding the field.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm I'm fortunate to be able to interview so many different people who are doing incredible work such as yourself. And yes, when we talk about the connection with the earth and, and how we are, and that's all a part of our life system here in this physical aspect of ourselves, it, there's a lot more that's coming up. I mean, Clint Ober brought a lot of that, the grounding techniques and how we, you know, need to recharge the batteries, so to speak. And Roland, the the stuff that you're gathering, the information you're gathering, just totally reinforces that, and it just sheds more light to all of those truths that we that we do need to connect and align. Now, you said that bringing this information to people and our planet is one thing, of building that awareness piece so people can make a choice in how to respond to to rise the. Uh, the aspects of how they're responding and the emotions that they feel. And would you say that another aspect of, of what this information can bring to us is we get to see where the pockets of need are. And so when we have those people who are intentional about the heart coherence, we can concentrate on uplifting those areas. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Um, We, we, Well, in GCP2, one of the new things we're going to be researching more from a science perspective, but we already have enough evidence to know this, that I can say this with confidence, April, is intention matters. So in other words, if we get coherent, and let's say that we're broadcasting or intentionally adding love and compassion, uh, my favorite thing to do to the field, we can intentionally direct that. Now, that may be to, um, right now, there's plenty of places to direct that. Uh, the obvious, you know, the, 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 the different wars we have going on. It's uh, sending that there to help reduce the suffering from the, the people going through that experience, uh, mental, emotional anguish, but also to cr- create a field to kind of soften the edges, if you will, uh, some of the political leaders and things, because uh, we, we are starting to be able to say with confidence that what, these intentions into the field are measurable and they do matter. So um like one of the mm-hmm. things I am aware of when my meditate heart meditations and, and uh, that I try and do every day is to spend different times sending love and compassion to to the effect the, the areas of the the people and the areas affected by the wars we have going on but then also some of it just to the the world leaders to kind of soften things so that we can maybe pre- hopefully prevent the outbreak of World War three which would just not be good for anyone uh, mm. And uh, a lot of people are
0: bringing a whole new perspective on my meditation practice, whereas oftentimes I have this uh, concentration on spreading love and compassion around the entire globe. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is to be maybe a little more intentional on the, the direction that you're placing it in. And, and so that was one of my questions that wanted to take place was what are some of the practices that you do because you have this knowledge and awareness? Uh, but what you're saying is you have a a practice that you have each and every day. Now, do you do that once a day in the morning or do you do it consistently at different times or, what, what well, is your practice like? Uh,
1: well, for me, and I think most probably of the, the HeartMath community here, the staff of HeartMath, the 100 or so people that, that are involved, uh, most of us, certainly myself, I try and start the day with at least a few minutes of, of dropping into the heart, getting coherent, just to prep for the day, to get myself coherent, aligned and in sync before I start the day. And then as the day goes on, like anyone, we have... I have a lot of challenges that come up, things that don't go the way I would want or delays or this or that is to really be right on top of my game, if you will, in those, those moments, um, to turn around. I mean, hey, we're all going to have reactions and, um, get frustrated or impatient, but as soon as I feel those emotions get triggered and kind of like the, the trains leaving the track, but to turn those around, um, and not let, let the normal old, old habit play out to those go on. And it, I'm, like anybody, the more you practice that, the better you get at it. Uh, Not that you're always going to be perfect. That's not the game. It's just increasing the ratios. And then usually in the evenings, I try and do um, uh, a longer um, heart focused meditation. Uh, It's called a heart lock in that um, where it's like I was talking about would really lock into the heart and coherence and then really evoke the feelings of love, compassion, or uh, softer frequency, heart frequencies that would be intentionally radiated to different Things. And for that, I just sort of tune into my own heart's intuitive guidance and let it direct the flow. And the one other thing I, I will say I've learned April is our minds. You know, we we know what we we know and what we think the outcomes should be, but we don't really know what's the highest best. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just really let the heart direct that and, and let the intention be. If I'm radiating, let's say, to Ukraine Russia war or to the Israeli Gaza. A conflict right now or and there's many other hotspots as well yeah. that uh, love and compassion to that area for the highest best
0: outcome and I would say that that is truly what compassion means yeah. Yeah. is by not having an opinion or a the maybe more of a what you think the yeah. outcome should be or what is in the best interest of who or what, but allowing for wherever whatever direction it's supposed to go opening up to surrendering to and and going into maybe even the perspective of the unknown and allowing that to flow in the direction it's a beautiful thing roland thank you so much for sharing everything with us here on the wellness driven life show you've been incredible is there anything else you want to share with our audience today
1: well, I, not really. I, th- I think in the, the time we have left, it would just be to re-emphasize: hey, pause throughout the day whenever you can remember to do it, and, and try and remember to do that. How that works for you, and just ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? And if you find you're maybe feeding the field vibrations of frustration or impatience or fear, etc., take a few heart breaths, just breathe through the area of the heart, and then make a shift, you know, and, and activate feelings of appreciation or compassion or kindness and radiate those into the field.
0: Well, I have a lot of appreciation for you being here today, Roland. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure, April.
0: Beautiful. And have a great And um, I want to make sure that the audience knows where to find you. All of this information, as well as some of the information that Roland shared with us today, some of the sources is going to be linked in the description below. Please check it out. Roland, again, it's been an honor. And thank you so much to our audience for tuning in without you. The show wouldn't be possible. So goodbye for now. Stay tuned and we will see you next time.
1: Take care.